for me, episode 34, White Supremacy. Hey Magical Misfits, it's Kate and Ivy and welcome back to Atonement for Me. Um, today is going to be a really difficult episode for me just because it is something that I have struggled with for so long and have taken a lot of time to examine and try to retrain myself. And that is my own ingrained white supremacy. And that sounds like such a strange thing coming from a colored person. But it is one of the symptoms of racism and our current climate that is really difficult to examine within oneself. And what I mean by my own white supremacy or my internal white supremacy doesn't mean that I'm a member of the KKK. It doesn't mean that I am supporting an Aryan race. What it means is that the way I was raised, the society that I was raised in, exalts the white skin color the Caucasians and we all know that we've all experienced that we've all seen examples of that but I've seen very few examples to examine the effects of that on the receiving end and what I mean by that is the little things that are racist, that are not inclusive, that caricaturize other people, I haven't always picked up on. I've accepted them. I've, I've definitely had a place in my life where I'm just like, I don't understand, all lives matter. That sentiment makes sense. Everybody should have a life, but that's not what it means. And that was my own kind of training in my head to be like, no, it's okay. Because I've grown up to appease authority, to obey the person who is in the authoritative position and for my whole life that has been a white person. And what I mean by that is learning to defer to white people as the ultimate authority in a room. You don't do it consciously, but you've been trained to do so. You see it everywhere. You see it in the media. You see it in movies. You see it in books. You see it in other interactions. It must be okay. Society says it's okay. Nobody else 
is seeing an issue with it. So it must be okay. So I'll go along with it. My family has deep British roots. My mom and her mother immigrated from England. They're very British. I understand a lot of British culture. I understand a lot of British history. I identified growing up as British because that is the culture that I was raised in. I understand that I am not technically part of that. I am adopted into that. But the culture and the ideas and the things that I was taught was from that very narrow perspective. It's from a British perspective. It's from a perspective of a history that where I originally came from, it didn't cross. So where does that leave me? I want some place to belong. So I'm going to identify with the first thing that I see available, my family. That's the first example you're introduced to. So my family's British, we have British customs, we have British history, we have British sense of humor, we watch British shows. That's my culture. Okay. I, but people get really surprised later in life when I'll make a reference or I'll bring up a specific part of British history or a custom and they look at me weird and they say, oh, how did you... And then I go, oh, it's, it's just because my family's British. And they go, oh, okay. And they look at me as if I shouldn't know that. Why shouldn't I know that? Because it's none of my business? Because it looks like it should be none of my business? But I just accept it because it seems so trivial, so little, but it's that little jab. It's that little thing that just doesn't sit right with me. Why am I being questioned that way? Same thing when, this is an example, I went, I was emailing with this um, company back and forth, trying to get a job. Everything was going really well. They were really impressed with my resume. They'd heard so much about me me through other people and they're just really, really excited. And I go in for my interview and I enter the door and they look up because they have my thing and they're really excited. And you can see the excitement fall as I walk through the door. And I say, hi, I'm, I'm Caitlin. It's nice to meet you. And they look at me and they're like, oh, you definitely aren't what I'm expecting. Uh, you don't look like a Caitlin. And I go, yeah, that happens all the time. Trust me, it's, it's fine, I'm adopted. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm responding the way that society has taught me is polite. I entertain their idea. I point out their folly in a lighthearted way make my explanation as to why they would think that about me and then continue on my way. But what they're actually saying to me is, your name and the color of your skin aren't connecting for us. So we're taken aback right now and you're gonna have to give us a second to adjust. 
why am I going out of my way to make their preconceived notions of me more comfortable when they're confronted with the reality of me? But again, oh, it happens all the time because I'm deferring to the position I've seen in authority. You can say all you want. You can tell me all you want that no, it doesn't matter. No, people don't see that. That doesn't happen. People don't treat you like that. Oh. Okay, so all these instances that I've had in my head because the person in authority in my mind is saying it doesn't exist, it doesn't matter. I'm blindly accepting that because who am I to question what they have just said, what they have just decreed about me? Who am I to question that? All of these things come together and create these layers, these muffled layers when I speak. And what is heard is only the things that I've been able to pierce through those layers to get you to see. And It's not just in the words that people use. Racism today isn't calling people outdated offensive terms and lynching them. The KKK have evolved to stop lynching. You don't think racism is going to evolve with society? It doesn't have to be a punch in the face. Now it can be the only time growing up I see an Asian on TV is if they are a stereotyped yellow person and they can only have secondary characters that are flat. I've seen that my whole life. I've seen it growing up to a point where when I'm in a group of people, I believe that I am lesser because I'm just the Asian sidekick. I'm just there for either being cute or just to kind of ease the tension on everybody. I've learned to be the perfect example, not example, the perfect reflection of what society projects because I've tried to fit in so hard and the only way that I could do that is if they could find no fault for me joining. I had hives, I had, retract. I had a period in my life where I had really, really bad allergies and I would go into anaphylactic shock. And I knew what hives look like because I got them all the time and they would cover my body. And one particularly bad session where I had already used an EpiPen earlier that week and I'm just covered in hives upon hives and they're blistering and they're sore and I go to the eMERGE and they look at me 
and they go, oh, this is definitely not hives. It has to be something else. I get put in isolation for a week while they determine that the rash on my skin is hives just because it doesn't look like the, the exact same rash on a white person as it does on a darker skin. What they thought I had was highly, highly contagious. And I lived with my family, so anybody who had been in contact with me would have got it. So why are my family fine, can go about everything, are at home doing their daily business, and I'm in isolation for a week where people have to wear hazmat suits to come in and give me a glass of water, only to, be, only to find out later, oh, hives just look different on darker skin. And me going, oh, that makes sense, that's fine, I'll go home now. Not, are you insane? How can you not tell? But because I've gotten used to just excusing those behaviors, to making allowance for those behaviors, because I don't want to upset the boat. I am already have enough pinned on me. I don't want more. It's a defense mechanism. It's that appeasement. And I'm aware of it. And the more I'm aware of it, the more it hurts me. It's the same way as when reading a book, realizing that I thought those characters had to be white. Everything automatically in my own head had to be white because why, why would anybody else be that important or worth it? So I understand my part in perpetuating that before when I hadn't gotten the tools, when I hadn't found my voice. But now I'm actively trying to learn different histories. Learn about different cultures and different things. And the more I learn, the more inclusive I find that I become. And it's easier as you get younger and go down in the generations. Why aren't we making it easier when you can just raise children to feel like it doesn't matter that they will be able to have the same education and future as everyone else. And I don't see a problem with that. But I also understand that there are so many symptoms and hazards of racism that isn't just pointing fingers and killing them or violence-based attacks. If if we don't understand what filters have been put on us, 
and how those filters will affect how people see you and what you say. How are you supposed to be heard? And that's the tea.